0: Hello there and welcome to Two Fat Expats. My name is Kirsty Rice and I've been on the move for over 20 years. My podcast partner in crime is fellow Aussie Nikki Moffat and between us we've lived in, here we go, Indonesia, Malaysia, Libya, Hong Kong, South Africa, Canada, the US, Qatar, Germany and Denmark. We don't consider ourselves to be experts in the land of expat, which is why we continue to get lost and stuff it up, but that's why we're here. We know how important it is to have your tribe while you travel, and we hope our weekly chats or sometimes bike weekly or even maybe you haven't heard from us for over a month now with expats from all around the world will help you feel at home. If you're new here, come and join our Facebook group. We have over 30,000 members in the Fatterati now and it's the place to find out everything you need to know about your next move or maybe even where to buy a decent pair of bathers. Okay, Nikki Moffat, how are you? Where are you? And are you ready for a quick game of Would You Could You? Hello, Kirsty Rice. I am very
1: well, thank you. How are you? I am returned, returned to Denmark, returned to my home in inverted commas uh, overseas location after seven weeks in Australia and then a week in Germany. So I'm just getting my legs under the desk and feeling back onto it. The sunshine is helping. We've had glorious weather since my return, so that makes up for it a little bit. Yes, I'm ready for a game of would you, could you?
0: Okay, so here's my would you, could you? Because it's kind of in line with what's just gone down in your life. (laughs) And it's a question that people have asked me many times. Oh, I can't believe you would or you could. But Nikki, would you, could you leave your child in your home country and return to your expat location to live without them? Well, Kirsty, that is such a great question. <laughs> I have to
1: say, I was I was on the plane on the way back from Brisbane to Dubai and in front of me I was in the second row behind the, what's that row called, the bulkhead where the baby cots are and there were two mothers on the plane with little babies and they were talking with each other about their trips and where they'd been and how long since they'd been back to Australia and what they were doing and everything. And I was looking at them and I just couldn't help it. I said, I've just come and left my baby and I'm going (laughs) home without (laughs) you. I hadn't been participating in the conversation at all. They looked over at me. And said, I was like, sorry, I was just remembering when I used to do what you do. And they said, he's not a baby anymore. Is he? He said, no, no, he's 19 now. That's okay.
0: I can leave him. <laughs> <laughs> and now you understand all those middle aged women that came up and talked to you at airports, right? Because I, I remember writing about this. I wrote about. My Lizzie, who is my eldest, we uh, we were living in Jakarta when I had her, but I actually went back to Australia. She was my first, and um, with our moving and and the sort of how the move happened, we ended up. I went back to Australia to have her, took her back to Jakarta when she was, I think about twelve days old, and um, but I can remember being in the airport in Singapore, and this woman came up to me I was changing uh, Lizzie's nappy slash diaper for our American friends and um, this woman beautiful woman with kind of a teary look in her eye said to me oh my baby's 21 and I can remember traveling with her when she was that little just make sure you enjoy you know every moment and like any new mother, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, oh, I've got no things sleep. to do. Why are you talking to me? Yes. And this is incredibly stressful. I don't know if she's too hot, too cold, too dry, too wet, too whatever. You know, I can't believe they let me take this thing home with me without an instruction booklet. But Um, I just remember that and I wrote about that woman years ago because she has always stuck in my mind and um, not to get off track, Nikki, because I really do want to talk to you about your uh, travels with Zeke and how it all went. But just recently I was working with my oldest daughter, Lizzie, in um, the winery that we've both been working at, at Beck Hardy Wines, and um, a woman arrived with a brand new Fresh baby. And it was 12 days old. And I said to Lizzie, Oh my gosh, when you were that big, I can't believe it. Like I put you on a plane and we left and just went to Jakarta. And Lizzie's <laughs> reaction was, And you're going to go and tell her that, aren't you, Mum? Because you're going to want to have a conversation <laughs> with her about that, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, Yep. <laughs> and sure enough, I couldn't, I just couldn't let that woman go without saying, see your baby, that's my baby over there. That's my first baby.
1: <laughs> well, I was looking at these women on the plane thinking, I f- don't feel that much older than you. Like I don't feel like there's 19 years difference between you and me like I mean they could have been 30 years younger than me I don't know well no I don't think they were but maybe at least 20 but I was just thinking it doesn't feel like it was that long ago that I was on a plane with an 11 month old leaving Australia you know like it just it just was so weird and like you said to me you know even though we're going back in a month and it's a month today till we go back um to visit him you said to me it doesn't matter how long till you go back like your heart's going to feel like it's ripped out of your chest um when you have to say goodbye and he didn't come to the airport he said I don't want to come you know I said fine fine don't come so uh, my dad took me to the airport and I was fine I was all fine and then I was on the plane they were playing Adele over the loudspeakers you know when they play music after you get on the plane before everyone sort of sat down and everything and they're playing Adele and I'm like oh my god and then all of a sudden I became very attuned to the music and the the sad song and I was like oh and then I was just I just there was a little few tears going on because it was all very difficult but yeah I tell you obviously it's something that people do all the time every day leave their child in in the home country in another country and return to the rest of their family or their partner and they do it for all sorts of different reasons. You know, we know people that do it or who've done it with very small children, like your Helen. But I've had 19 years with my son, which I was very lucky to have with him every day. And then and now I've i I've done it with we've done it with him. And it is really the really hardest thing you can do. And and it's so interesting well it was a, a cacophony of emotions the whole time we were there but so much of the time we were there I was tr- we were trying to do administrative things like when you move to a new country and he was so frustrated by the whole process and I was like dude we do this all the time and then I was thinking he's never done this I've always done it on his behalf because I've not not you know for any reason other than it's just more expeditious for one person to go and do all the things that you know at, at a time, if you can, setting up the healthcare and the going and sitting in the government offices and doing all the online stuff, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But he was like, This takes so much time. <laughs> I was saying, this is adulting, <laughs> you know, like you've wanted to grow up for years and years and years, and unfortunately, this is like the bad part of being an adult. And He's like, What's the good part? I was like, Well, do so, know. Let's talk about that in the future. <laughs> but, but these are all the things you have to do. You know, we sat in Medicare offices for a long, long time, three or four times. You know, we went to doctors' offices to establish um, him as a new patient. You know, we did all the, we he got his L plate driver's license, which was like six hours of sort of online video courses. You know, there was just all these administrative things and every day I was like, right, today we're going to do this, this and this, like these are the three jobs for today. And he was just so overwhelmed by, well, I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but he he was not nonplussed, I would say, by the expected adulting of, of his time. And so we didn't really have a lot of time to sit around and, you know, talk about, you know, I'd say, "Well, you've got to do this by yourself next time." So pay attention. <laughs> and, you know, where's this and where's that? And there was a lot of being cross and gruff, but it was it wasn't because I was cross and gruff. It was because I was sad, and I knew that next yeah. time he was going to do it by himself. And so there was a lot of that. And you know, we were so lucky that he is with family, and you know, he has. He's staying with my dad and my brother and his family and my sister-in-law and her family are all, you know, within very close range and they're all checking in on him regularly, etc. cetera. But it's just, it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. I mean, people do it all the time. I'm not on my own, but it's like any club that you join,
0: mm-hmm. a sad
1: one or a good one, you don't really know or feel the full range of emotions until you're in it.
0: Yeah. Yep, that's exactly it. And, you know, it's why we should never say, I could never do that.
1: That's <laughs> or, right.
0: or, oh, I could totally do that. <laughs> because, yeah, you don't know until you've had your heart ripped out and, <laughs> and, and, you know, you're going through that emotion, you talking about being on the plane and Adele playing and whatever. Oh, God, I feel you, sister, because... <laughs> You know, you think about when you're sitting on that plane, there's that whole angst of um, should I really be going? Like especially if you'd been through the six weeks that you'd been through where you're trying to basically cram an entire life learning life. of Australian admin into his world. You know, my youngest did it the other day. He's um, he wanted a tax file number, even though even though he somehow had a job for the last two years, he hasn't had a tax file <laughs> number. But I think it's because he's um, you know been under the threshold. But right. um, so, but he he needed one, and um, it was the whole "Where's your original birth certificate?" which he couldn't have an, he couldn't have an extract. And he said, oh, but of course, because, because I'm I'm so and I can't remember what it was but it was basically saying because I'm not like anyone else I've got to have some piece of paper that says I was born somewhere else and you know and that's how I got my birth certificate because I was born somewhere else and I had to apply for this this stupid certificate because you know nothing nothing happens normally in this family does it we don't you know, we don't just live like everybody else
1: every time that that
0: we would we would face a government
1: situation, they'd say, Was he born here? And I'd say, Yep. And they say, Oh, well, that's good. That that makes it easy. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh. gosh. Next time <laughs> I come, it's going to be with my daughter, and she wasn't born here. So every time they say, was she born here? And I say no, and they're going to roll their eyes and say, tut, tut, tut. that makes it more difficult, and she's not going to be very patient about it either. So yeah. I, was, I was feeling relief
0: on the one hand, and on the other hand, I was thinking, oh, my God. I know so what's difficult. coming. Yeah, yeah, I know what's coming um but um, yeah and the thing is Nikki I think because I was trying to think you know one of the first episodes you and I ever did together was does moving get any easier and <laughs> yeah. um I was thinking about that with leaving your children does it get any easier the more often you do it and I, I definitely know it was easier for me uh to put my second child you know into boarding school and then my third and to go on but I still don't think it gets any easier getting on the plane and going and and you you now will forever until you're all back in the same place again and that's the thing you don't know if you ever will all be back in the same place you know it's that thing you don't know where their life is going to take them now and you know it's it's yeah, it's that thing of I'm. Am I always going to feel this discombobulated? Like, is this how all older parents feel? Like, are they always like this because they've got people all over the place? I, yeah, it's.
1: Tough. I, I, I don't know. I, you talk to people our age and older who have children living in three or four different continents, and mm. and you just think. Now I think, God, you sound so calm. Whereas before I thought, that's <laughs> awesome, amazing. That's, they're living their best lives and blah, blah. And now I think. God, that sounds like a lot. How do you
0: visit them all?
1: <laughs> when do they visit you? But, you know, you just, your mindset changes, which, of course, you know, yeah. you like the mother with the little baby saying, oh, little kids, little problems, bigger kids, bigger problems. Yeah. And you just want to punch that person that says that to you all the time. And then now I'm that person. I've become the person. I've become the other person. So anyway, yes, yes I, yeah, it's very tough, but he, and, you know, he has, uh, We have our good communication days and our difficult communication days, (laughs) and uh, you know we just we deal with it and we roll with the punches. And it's very nice to know that in four weeks we'll be seeing him again. So that uh, makes me feel yeah a tiny bit better. That's no time at all. That's no No time time at at all. all. Okay, so Kirsty, based on my trip to Australia, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say to you: Would you, could you change your June and July holidays this year? if you're having them, because of COVID or not? Because I have come out of nearly two months in Australia. I didn't see any friends because I was shielding um, a high-risk member of my family, so I just sort of stuck with family. But even within my family, seven-eighths of people got COVID when I was there, including my son. I did Mm. not. So would it be just every Trip you have, you have to factor in seven days of isolation, <laughs> or seven, like it's going to happen anyway. Like, train yeah. travel travel at the moment, planes are full or over yes. full. Um, you know, there's no longer testing requirements before boarding for many locations. Yeah. So no one on the plane going into Dubai, onto Copenhagen, had to test because there's no testing for arrival in in Denmark. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was sitting on that plane even though we had a mask on with loads of other people who hadn't had a test that day yep. or in the previous couple of days. And then, yeah. you know, like I'm just thinking about it, it we're going to Australia again in a month that like i've just said for about another six weeks and this time i'm kind of arranging to see people because we're going as a family i'm I'm not just there by myself you know and so i just think is it inevitable i mean my son my not my son my son has had it now but my daughter my husband and i we still are uh, covid virgins yeah we haven't had it and so like how do, how does that look this summer when people are planning trips and holidays yeah and how does it look for you
0: Oh, yeah, look, it's still um, it's still a bit of a mess for me because both my husband and I haven't had it either. we've now we've now got two out of four children definitely have had it. I think three out of four have, but the third one just never tested positive. I think he might be one of those freaky people because he had all the symptoms and he was in a house with someone who was positive. But yes, Nikki, I feel very much like that because, you know, I'm, uh, well, for instance, I fly out next Sunday to um, uh, Doha. Now there's a football game on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, that I would really like to go to. And so my sister, I can't, this is peak Kirsty and her football um, it problem. My sister's going to drive me to the airport straight from the football game. So. Of course she is. Go, Michelle. You can do it. <laughs> so because, you know, the, the, just that, and I mean, I. it's dumb that I'm doing this because if anything was to happen. But I mean, Maybe I'm going to get COVID at the football. Maybe I'm going to get COVID on the plane. Or maybe I'm going to get COVID next Wednesday afternoon walking through the supermarket. Who knows? But, yeah, it's, all of those things are different now because it's not like I have to do a PCR to get on the plane and yeah. I, you know, or do any of those things. But I will have to do one when I get to Doha. I guess it doesn't matter about coming back because I don't have to do one when I come back again. So if it's in my system for the next, you know, if I did get it and it was in my system it wouldn't matter. But yeah, I think you do. If you haven't had COVID, you do have to factor that into your trip that you may end up having to isolate somewhere for you know, for at least 5 days. Yeah, well I look at
1: I look at all the people who are planning trips, you know, more and more people are traveling because the they haven't travelled for the past two years or yes. they've just done safe, COVID relatively safe travel as in they've gone to a single destination to see a single person or et cetera, yes. et cetera. But, but I just think that this this summer could be a little bit more of a shit fight than anybody yes. thought it was going to be because yes. everyone really feels like this is the summer of release yeah. after the two years that we've had. You know, COVID is still here but it's very much in the background you know, there's a war in Europe, there's other things going on. And so people are like, we don't want to think about the other thing. The other
0: thing is still there. And you know, and and yeah. Well, this brings me to my next question, Nikki, because I think this all kind of wraps into one. But I was going to ask you how many times in your you know 25 years of flying have you been bumped off of a flight and do you feel with the influx of travel and the lack of planes back in the air that it's going to happen more regularly
1: I'm super lucky to never actually have been bumped I've missed a flight once which Mm -hmm. was not good (laughs) and I've been offered to offload from a flight and and chosen not to like that's that's the optional bump where they offer you know we'd like you to consider not flying no really we have to be there for x y and z okay fine uh but i had heard a lot of stories uh when i was in australia because the flights out are really full and Mm. so you know everyone likes to tell you that the horrors so the week before I was leaving because I moved my flight back a week actually there's a Fatarati who was going to be on my plane who I've never met and messaged me and said are you on this plane tonight she, she's I an Instagram that's friend that's my friend Tammy is it it Tammy is your Habe? friend Tammy <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes and she said are you going to be on this plane tonight I said I was going to be on it but now I'm not because I'm, I'm I'm pushed back a week and she said it's going to be really really full and I said oh sorry for that and then of course every flight was super super full so so I, I, and I've heard of people being bumped out of business class, you know, um, yeah. on a C- Qatar Airlines flight from Brisbane to London. Um, a friend of my brother's was bumped just a couple of days before I left. They just rang him. we don't I have a seat. <laughs> I would lose my mind. I would
0: lose my mind. If I had paid for a business class seat <laughs> uh, and I got, because interna- international flights are a whole different kettle of fish to domestic flights right so yes you see it in America all the time you see that that in America and I remember you know we did four years in Canada a couple years in America so you know six years of North American flying it is it's all just part of the deal that you get to the gate and there's always someone screaming because they've got to get from A to B and there's um, a airline staff member trying to sell someone you know on a would you like to stay you know at the intercon for two nights or the hilton or the wherever and, and here's a 200 hundred yeah. dollar voucher blah, yeah blah, blah, blah. here's your yeah. voucher and come on come on but if you are particularly from australia if you are <laughs> flying internationally you're going somewhere a long 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 Anyway, you're you're getting on a fourteen hour flight, and you are probably then connecting to another fourteen hour flight, or at least another nine hour flight. Um. So yeah, that would drive me insane because what do you I, I have had this happen once where the flight there was a problem with the aircraft, and I was flying out of Adelaide going to Doha one evening, and they had a mechanical issue with the plane, and it was just the weirdest thing because i had packed up the entire house where you've you know tipped out all the milk you know thrown out all the leftover fresh veggies um you know aerated aerated everything you know done done the whole you know put the peg in the fridge the whole thing where you are leaving to go overseas so that's a big deal and then you if got i mean i've i've never had the joy of of paying for a uh, business class flight that i you know could look forward to for months of you know for that special trip but yeah i would go insane at the airport if they said sorry no room sorry about that we oversold Uh, i actually think because there are more uh, like there are less flights because
1: it's because travel isn't at a pre-COVID level. Mm-hmm. There's also less staff available because mm-hmm. of people having COVID. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. There was a lot of airline staff laid off over the last two mm-hmm. years. So so there's there's much less staff involved. So it's going to be and people are are, are more grumpy. People yeah. are more difficult travelers because they haven't been traveling as often. The conditions are very very full. Everyone's full and there's a lot of people with a lot to say. Oh like yeah. it, it's just it's very fractious circumstances and I do think there's going to be more people bumped off flights and one thing I just want to say on this and I was really interested when we were in Australia I saw this everywhere in every every place with a customer service staff member there were signs please don't abuse the staff if you abuse the staff you'll be asked to leave if you abuse the (laughs) staff you won't be served and I was looking around in awe at these signs going oh my God, this must be a COVID thing. Like why is everyone being abused? Because of course uh, you don't see that in Germany and you don't see that in Denmark. And I don't uh-huh. know if people are abusing staff members that much here because you know, there's not a lot of yelling. What? And so I just kept thinking, what a great thing. This is amazing. I just yeah. This is such a good thing. And I Last week I was coming back from, from Germany to Copenhagen and my train was cancelled. Now that's quite a thing. When there's three hundred people waiting to get on a train, it gets cancelled. So we had to line up in many, many lines. And I befriended a group of British women who didn't speak German and I my sort of basic German and I was trying to help them navigate through and I was and there were people losing their Mine because it's a Friday afternoon and I said you know I talked about this phenomenon I'd seen in Australia about these signs everywhere and I said oh yeah we have them in the UK too and I was thinking is
0: it just English speaking people who are losing their (laughs) shit and being abusive how does that work? No I think I I think we're being retrained definitely in Australia like it's definitely in our sporting system as, as well like there's a real thing about umpires and not being allowed to abuse umpires and now there is this new thing in the afl called umpire descent you are not allowed to raise your arms in the air as in to question a decision, if you raise your arms in the air, you give away a fifty-meter penalty. Now you can imagine grown men who, for years, <laughs> have been able to turn around and say to the umpire, "What? What do you mean?" You know, <laughs> and throw their arms and do whatever. Well, now they can't—they can't even barely shrug. And I mean, there's been all these jokes about you know, don't make eye contact with the with the umpire. But I—I I think that has. This is a a a sign of where we're at in that we are being retrained in how we speak to people in customer service positions. The other thing I've noticed, Nikki, is, and this is a COVID thing, I'm sure, is a lot of businesses are just taking the mickey, right? They've made they've made the most out of COVID and they're using it to every advantage. And so I find now if I ring any call centre I have it in my mind that I am going to be waiting for 45 minutes. And, you know, I, I just know, like I, I ring the number, I put my phone down on the desk and then I start getting my breakfast or I start, you know, doing other jobs. I save those calls for when I'm in the car and I'm driving into town because I know that I'm going to be on hold. And it's like, hang on, when did that happen? When did I just expect that? If I rang a call centre, there would be a 45-minute well, wait.
1: Let me tell you, I have been, as you know, with my work, I do all the flight arrangements and flights have been very difficult and, you know, people have mm. to change flights because of COVID-related. Lufthansa in Germany stopped answering their phones. Yeah, Like you just ring the Lufthansa customer service number they say, sorry, we're not taking calls. Yeah, I have What's, a girlfriend. What is that? I have a girlfriend.
0: And I ring who... now, so
1: now I ring Lufthansa in Denmark that puts me through to <laughs> India and I can speak to somebody. But the Germans, what are they doing? Because I'm pretty sure they don't think, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to call Lufthansa in another country. They don't. They just <laughs> say, okay, and they hang up. Like, what is going on? I have The world has new- gone crazy.
0: I have numerous friends. Who like to s- share, you know, screenshots of their phone that show you how many hours they've been on hold with Qantas? Same thing. Oh, I can't um, even.
1: I, I I'm anti Qantas post pandemic. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, this has been. Yeah. This has
1: had a theme. We've had a theme with our discussion and our questions, and um, yeah, hopefully, we've given everyone who's travelling something to think about
0: i guess that's the thing with your june july flight is that you should expect and you should go into this because i think that's the thing you have to prepare yourself like i i'm on a flight next sunday i have fully prepared myself for the fact that it's going to be an old crappy plane because there's barely any, pla- like Cata's doing this thing at the moment with A350s where they need to be repainted. Um, and so, you know. <laughs> On the they, outside? <laughs> yeah. They, some, go look it up, Nikki. There's a thing, like it's a safety painting thing. Mm. Um, Something so for they, the World Cup. So they have a the, a whole lot of A350s that are grounded. Um, that are having that are being repainted and I imagine if that's happening with Qatar it's happening with a lot of people but um, so I have got in my head it's going to be a triple seven it's going to be an old plane uh, it's I am going to be right down the back I've picked my seat down the back because you know there are no there are no none of those lovely seat guru spots with the little green squares on them that show you the extra leg room there's none of those but I've just got it in my head, okay. Well, this is you are for 14 hours going to sit bolt upright with your neck pillow on overnight and just grin and bear it. That's just the way it's going to be. I had planned I was going to sleep all day but then I realized the footy was on, so God, let's <laughs> a Let's pray for a win. Imagine <laughs> That's that. Right. Lose footy. Imagine getting on the plane and then after. Get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after I've <laughs> spilt, you know, my pie with sauce and my ice cream in my lap. Anyway, <laughs> I think I've got that in my head that that's what it's going to be. I've also prepared myself for getting there and being bumped and being told, sorry, you're not on this flight. If that happens, it won't be the end of the world. There will be another flight. It's not time sensitive, right? So I've got that in my head. So I'm just saying to everybody, you know, maybe have that in your head and maybe have it in your head that you might get COVID when you get there as a special treat. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to put the cherry on your ice cream. So I think that that is how we're all going to fly now, isn't it? That we're until it gets through. I had, a I was saying to a girlfriend the other day because right before COVID happened, they were meant to be going to New York, and I said to her the other day, "Oh, oh, have you scheduled that back in?" And she said, "No, I think we'll wait till next year." And I said, "Yep. If I was, if I didn't have to travel, I reckon I'd be holding off for another year."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I, I would too I don't know a lot of people have rushed back to overseas f- from Australia because obviously they feel like they've missed out for a couple of years. Yeah. But yeah, I would I, I would be leaving it another year if I could. But yeah, you know, I I say as I'm going I'm going to embark on my second
0: intercontinental yeah. trip in three months, but yeah. But you've got a son that you want to see, and see, that's my yeah. thing too. I want to see my husband, and um, yeah, you know, and so it's it's sort can't of put a, that off for a year. You can't, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not um, if you
0: want to stay married, good, tip. yeah, yeah, just quickly. I, my you know special travel agent friend did tell me that just on the down low she had heard that we're a couple more flights coming our way in July so um let's just hope that that's all airlines are just slowly starting you know that yeah we'll get a couple more in July maybe a couple more in August and away we'll go Nikki 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 my favorite favorite it's it's possibly Oh, it's my favourite thing for a long time. And I haven't done this for a long time where I have just sat down and rolled season after season after season. Have you watched Better Things? I haven't and you have told me to. And so now I feel bad
1: because I haven't mm-hmm. after you've told me to. But now you can convince me again about why I should do it.
0: Okay. So the starring role for Better Things is Pamela Adlon. Uh, she's an American-British actress. She's a director, a producer, a screenwriter. She voices Bobby Hill in the animated comedy series King of the Hill. But in Better Things, she is the star of the show. She's a um, late 40s mother of three teenage girls. I'll probably, when it starts, I want to say two, two teens and a tween. Um, she's single. Uh, she has a bit of a disastrous ex uh who she has to pay him even though she's got the uh three kids because she was a childhood uh Childhood actress, um so you can tell she's obviously made some money as a kid, and then grown into sort of doing bit parts. She actually calls herself a working actress, which means she's in all of these, you know, sort of stray, random things, whether she's doing a voiceover or she's doing a bit part or she's doing some terrible scene out in the middle of the d- desert dressed as a zombie, you know, doing whatever. She shows you the, she shows you the unglamorous side to being an actress. It is so real. And I saw someone had written a review saying it just makes you realise how few other comedy dramas accurately portray women and mothers and their experiences. And it's true. It is for for a show that is set in L.A. that is about someone that is an actress there is no glitz and glam do you know it's it's very real and the children are so real in that they they all have little quirks and issues about them but the thing that i love the most about this show is it's not stupid it doesn't it doesn't spell everything out to you so you can go from one episode to the next where you think oh she must have split up with him because he's not here anymore. And then, you know, three episodes later, she might run into him at, you know, the local hardware store and there's a 30 minute exchange. And you go, Oh, yeah, that would, she obviously just ghosted him or did whatever. But they don't tell you that. Like they don't, they don't have to, they don't they have show to... you. Yeah, every tiny thing. And, you, and a you, lot of shows do
1: spell all those things out, oh so you're God. able to follow the story, etc. Et yeah. Et cetera. And yeah. if this
0: was to me, if this was your your everyday series, it would be all about her being a childhood star and the hook. You know, the the um, hardships and the dramas she's had from that, and how scarred she is from it, and how bad her relationship is with her mother because of it. No. You don't get told any of that. Like I rolled the whole first season, but I couldn't tell you why. Like I, I did it and went, why am I so addicted to this? Like why do I just keep going from the next one to the next one to the next one to the next one? And it's not like it all ends on a cliffhanger and you want to see yeah, how it rolled they, yeah. out. It's just that you want to be in her house. And the other thing I think I really loved, it is it. she doesn't have – one of those minimalistic LA houses. She has a house that's full of artwork, but cheap artwork yep. and stuff. Do you know? You suddenly go, I want a big glass lamp. I want a big, <laughs> you know, I want bright pink curtains. I want a mix, mix, match couch. Do you know? It really is beautiful in that sense. And yeah, there's, she is also a, a very, um, She looks like a middle-aged woman. Um, They talk about all of that, about bodies and faces and menopause and men and sex and um kids everything i just loved it anyway that's my go-to i think it's very easy watching so it's just done season five and it's done so
1: there's five seasons Mm -hmm. so why are we hearing about it now
0: i think because where's it come from where's it been sleeping it has two really interesting things about it in that regard it it was made by fx So in Australia, FX means, I think in America that means it's Hulu, it finds its way. But in Australia, that means you're going to be on FOX and then you might find your way through on Disney+, Plus. it's on. So in Australia, I don't think anyone's seen it because you've got to pay to watch it on Fox and really unless you're looking for it through Disney+, Plus, you're not going to know. But people are raving about this show. Like just before I came on, I watched an interview where she was on Jimmy Fallon and they were talking about it's got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's really talked about. Another sort of backstory to this is that, She wrote it with Louis C.K., who was, of course, caught in the Me Too um, moment. Uh, He was predatory. He was basically cancelled. And he, of course, because of that, was fired by FX. So she then went on and fired her management team. So she hired four new writers for the third season. That was very interesting as well, that you can have someone's there for season one and two and then you kind of get to compare because a lot of people say it got better once they got rid of him and I think it did because you can see in the in the first two seasons or maybe it's more around her age that she was at the time that they were doing it it's a lot more sexy there's a lot more sexy time sort of boy stuff and then yeah and then in season three four five there's a lot more women talking about marriage breakups and raising kids. The other thing that's really um, attractive about the show is she's a big foodie but we never get told she's a big foodie it's just sort of something that happens in the background that you notice oh wow she takes a lot of love and time and care into her food but she never once says oh you know I love cooking I love food that's just who I am you know I couldn't survive without there's none of that it's um it's just something that happens in the background and you can see that that is how she displays love for a lot of people there's a lot of big cooking it doesn't have to be fancy pants it doesn't all look fancy pants but you can see there's a lot of time and effort in cutting and mixing and whizzing and baking and stirring mm-hmm. um but yeah it's beautiful okay so I've raved on too much about that I'll just quickly say I like everybody else have watched Anatomy of a Scandal I thought it was very pretty to look at and decent viewing but you know I wouldn't I wouldn't rave about it My eldest daughter uh, made me uh, or made my husband and I sit down with her and watch Reversing Row due to what's happening in America at the moment and Reversing Row was made years ago. So it's very interesting to watch Reversing Row because they basically predict and tell you exactly what was going to happen and it's happened. And as a podcast, Nikki, I would say listen to BBC's 28-ish days which is a entire podcast about the menstrual cycle and it is fascinating did you know that your ovaries aren't actually attached to the end of your fallopian tubes you know how in all those diagrams you get the the sort of little hook and the the little tulips at the end where you see the fallopian tubes go down and there's always the ovaries yes yes, Uh -uh. yes yes they're kind of just nearby and they know to kind of find their way and they don't know how they know or why they know but they just at the right time manage to sort of find their way there it is really really interesting it's good 28 28 ish days it's on the BBC and that was my lovely sister see I've done none of this on my own they're all suggestions from other people what about you Nikki tell me your three
1: Okay so I was going to also say anatomy of a scandal um it is very nice to look at and so I heard someone say isn't it nicer when you look at horrible things like divorce and possible sexual assault <laughs> when it's rich white people <laughs> with perfect houses and amazing clothes because if you're looking at it yeah. when it's Just regular people who are struggling financially, have problems with the children, Mm -hmm. have a person with mental health issues in their home. It's not as fun. But you you can look at it because it's like a a separate story. It's like it's not happening to you or anybody you know. It's totally separate. The other thing is that I saw this weekend um, because a girlfriend put it up because she said blatant familial Propaganda. Mm-hmm. So the Lincoln Lawyer is on Netflix. It's new this last weekend. The Lincoln Lawyer was originally a movie. Well, it was originally a book, a series of books, I think. Then Matthew McConaughey made a movie out of it. Oh, so then yeah, they've turned yeah, it into yeah, a series. Yeah, yeah. You know how they do that sometimes with movies? They turn them into series and then go from there. Okay. So I would call, I watched it because one of my very, very bestest friends, ah. her brother is in it. Her brother is an Australian actor called Angus and, and he's in this. So she put it up and I thought, oh, I'll have a look. And then I just got, I got sort of caught up in it. I was quite enjoying it. So it's like a Bosch light. If you're a Bosch fan, you'll probably enjoy this series. It's a 10 part series. It's got all the, you know, the things you expected down on his luck lawyer, brilliant <laughs> with a heart of gold, but a troubled past, <laughs> two ex wives, a daughter. <laughs> and you'll recognize a lot of the actors so it's like you like oh yeah I, I know so two of the ugly betty cast uh, betty newton who was the receptionist in ugly betty who was sort of a bit of a mean girl she's one of the ex-wives and krista McGaugh, who was also an ugly betty and then neve campbell is the is the one another one of the ex-wives who's also a district attorney so she was in yeah yeah Lots of things, party of five. Um, yeah, you know, like lots of things like scream, all the scream movies. So, so you're looking at the actors, you go, Oh, I recognize them. I recognize them. I recognize them. anyway. The lawyers, trusty, uh, but little bit badass ex mm-hmm. motorbike gang investigator ah. it, called Cisco is played by my friend's brother, Angus Sampson. So that's why I was watching it. But anyway, but it's, it's worthwhile. Angus samson is an Australian actor. He's in things like bump and other stuff he's in the insidious movies right. but anyway that's why i started watching it but not why i finished watching it so anyway it, it's worth a little bit of a look if you're looking for that the other thing that i watched which all loads of my friends loved and watched with their kids and so um, i'm coming back to you kirstie this is maybe something your youngest and i would have watched together although my daughter turned her nose up at it she thought it was a little bit young for her was Heartstopper
0: it's an it's a Netflix oh, series, yes, yes, all my kids have watched this, yeah, oh they have
1: okay, yeah, yeah, and it's based on um a series of comics mm-hmm. um well, not comics, but you know, um illustrated graphic novels sorry Mm -hmm. (laughs) we would call them comics but now they're called illustrated graphic novels anyway it's a really sweet story of of um a kid at a school who's gay and then sort of he, he meets a new guy and are they friends are they not friends whatever but it's all very sweet very it doesn't have any sort of the raw it doesn't have sex it doesn't have like the sex education kind of british school angle but it does have a british school angle and it's really very lovely and it's very feel good and it's got yeah it's just yeah the kids are such brilliant actors and um it's lovely And, and if you have a teen a tween or a young teen it's very sweet yeah. So I would recommend Heartstopper. That would be my third thing. Then I could leave the rest for another time because I've been watching a lot of TV. So. <laughs> you know I love it. You know I love the TV. Someone asked me for a podcast recommendation the other day. They put in the group. They said, who's got new podcast re- recommendations? Nikki Moffat, do you have anything? And I was like, I've got nothing. i got nothing. <laughs> they said, who are you and what have you done with, with my friend? I was like, I just have not been doing any new podcast investigations lately. So I would. We'll go and listen to 28-ish days and I'll try and find a podcast to add to my list for next week. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's got that lovely, soothing British, you know, voice and sound BBC, and BBC. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is quite interesting. You're sort of sitting there going, wow, how did I not know that? And I have one of those bodies. and Yeah. Um, do you know, it talks about it takes you through day one, day two, day three. It tells you what your body's doing all the way through um, so uh do
1: the, have your daughters listened to it have you recommended it? no to
0: them? i haven't recommended it to them i will
1: though i wonder if my daughter would be interested probably mm. not she'd probably turn her nose up we'll see yeah, anyway
0: because they kind of give you the perspective of you know they get to day three and they talk about flooding and oh. you know it's this whole it's this whole thing now right of you know, Nikki, our our generation when we were kids, we just got told we were going to have our periods and that was it. And we got told that you know menopause would come later, and that was kind of the end of the world, and um, that that was it. And um, you know, now we didn't really I look get a at, lot of information. <laughs> we didn't really. And I look at you know, I have a girlfriend who's a banker with Macquarie, and um, you know, now we look at workplaces where they talk about more. Monop- you know menopause and and yeah and factoring in menopause into the workplace and we you and I have talked about this before because we were saying you know we should find out the difference in different countries and different people's yep. attitudes, you know how politicians are talking about it at the moment but they so they got to day three and they started talking about flooding, and then they spoke to a policewoman who. Um, she talked about what it was like to be a policewoman when you're when you have to change a tampon every hour and wear two pads as backup, and how you were constantly while you were solving crimes and taking statements, you're also thinking about where is the closest bathroom and yeah, and when I get up from this chair, uh, is this going to be horrifying for everyone? Do you know? And um, then an issue. You know, as a white woman, they were saying about black women with endometriosis, and how there is this weirdly perceived idea with doctors that black women have a higher pain threshold, threshold and there's actually yeah. no reason to for yeah, why anyone that. would think that. And so, for a long time, people didn't treat um, black women with the same issue, you know, with the same care. And understanding as white women because they just can decided that they should be tougher. Um, so there's all sorts of issues around it anyway, and then sort of you know, this woman making decisions about her womb and um, what that meant for her and her career and you know, her partnership and her everything. So it's it's really it's it's great, like it, like all oh, BBC bbc it's yes. thought-provoking um and told so gently and enjoyably it's lovely
1: perfect okay good mm. chat and i'll okay. see you next week when australia might have a new government elections this weekend yes
0: <laughs> i'll be i'll be out there with my democracy sausage <laughs> okay bye-bye bye